This is the CEO Only Podcast hosted by Association Forum. Hope that you and yours are well during this time of uh, pandemic crisis. Uh, We all will get through this together. Today's topic is using mindfulness when everything around us is out of control. As we all say, we will get through this together, but we also need to practice mindfulness concepts to get us through. So that's why today's guest is Kristen Johnson Brogdon. Kristen is a keynote speaker, the Chief Mindful Living Officer at On Target Living. Welcome, Kristen. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Michelle, for having me. I know I, I'm luckily right before this all hit, we had our women's forum event, which was a great success. And it was the last time that I was around so many people. So it's good to talk to you. And thanks for having me on here today. For sure. It was a great success, our Women's Executive Forum. And it, you're, you're right. It was the last time we're all gathered together before uh, before the shelter in place. But we're happy uh, to have you with us today. And before we get started, uh, just tell us a little about yourself. Sure. So uh, Kristen Brogan, I work for a company on Target Living. So this is our family owned company. We have about eight employees. We're based in the Lansing, Michigan area. I live here in Chicago. I actually just moved to Uptown, the Uptown neighborhood. Um, But what we do is we help organizations to make health a business strategy. And so over time, we've really adapted a proven system for expanding human capacity. So that's kind of what we focus on. We know that when people, you know, can expand their capacity, then they can do more, they can have more, they can give more. And that really starts with great self-care. And so how we define peak performance is great self-care. And we really start with helping people incorporate a performance based lifestyle that incorporates resting, eating, and moving. So so basically, we're a health and performance company. We work with a lot of organizations. We work with individuals, but um, our whole thing is helping to make health a business strategy, which is more timely than ever right now. Yeah. Well, tell us a little more about that. Uh, what are you seeing out there and how are people making performance-based lifestyle uh, changes? Yeah, I think, you know, when this is all over and it will be over at one point, we all want to be able to hit the ground running, whether we've lost some business or maybe we've kind of went in a different direction. We know that good health is everything right now. If we don't have our health, we really don't have a lot. And the way we kind of help to connect the dots with organizations is is basically saying, you know, good health is your competitive advantage. That is how you stand out. So when we all get back to kind of whatever normal will be, we need to have our health. We need to have that energy so we can literally hit the ground running. And and you know, if we don't help ourselves first, then we really can't help help others. So I think right now where we're seeing what we really focus on is live experience events. So anytime we can go into a conference or into an organization, I know I've worked with some of your CEO groups where we've done some retreats or board meeting retreats or things that we can do kind of that stimulating all five senses in that live interaction. That's really where we shine. Um, However, all of our live events have been canceled right now. So we really transitioned into virtual trainings And what we're finding is all companies have their people at home. And we've been working with a lot of financial organizations and they don't want to just 
provide their advisors with financial information right now because that's not really relevant. So instead, they're offering trainings that are geared towards self-care and boosting the immune system and having good health and staying sane and staying happy and healthy. So I think no matter what industry, we're, we're kind of all focused on how can we do more with less, right? I mean, right now, some of us have limited resources. How can we do more and how can we have more energy in the moment? I think it really comes into play right now that managing our time really isn't as relevant as managing our energy with the time that we have. Oh, great. Let's unpack that, Christian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. So let's, go, let, 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 let's go for it. How tactically, how do you stimulate all five senses virtually? Yeah, so virtually what we're doing, we've been doing a number of things. And I mentioned that we teach a lifestyle that centers on resting, eating, and moving. So if we can do a training where we're kind of touching all of those points, so maybe we're taking someone through a deep breathing exercise. So they're, they're breathing, they're, they're using their, their sense of smell, maybe with, with, feeling the warm breath on their nose or feeling their feet on the floor or feeling kind of that touch sensation. Um, We've also been doing some events where we're cooking in the kitchen. So, so maybe people are buying ingredients and they're tasting it and they're chopping it and they're doing different things. Anytime we can get people more involved versus just sitting at a chair. Maybe they're tasting, maybe they're smelling, maybe they're breathing, maybe they're working out. Um, We do a lot of more presentation type style, but we kind of get, in a way, get people to kind of stimulate those senses. So it could be through moving their body. It could be through um, cooking. It could be through eating. um, It could be through meditation or simple kind of rest strategies. Oh, good. So how receptive are people to that? Really, I mean, honestly, we, when this all happened and we, so we have a team of three speakers, we have eight employees, but three of us primarily do speaking events for organizations. We canceled over 25 events in a matter of a week. And so that's our number one revenue. And we thought to ourselves, well, what's going to happen? We have to transition in some way. And what we were finding was that people had all this, this they had a huge budget left for conferences and personal development and professional development. And they didn't really know how to spend that money and on what kind of thing to spend it on. So a lot of organizations reached out to us and said, you know, we couldn't have you at our conference this year. Can you do a virtual training? And so we don't normally do a lot of virtual trainings because we really love to be in person. And, and like I mentioned, touch all five senses. Um, but we went with it and we learned a lot about technology and using Zoom and making the experience virtually. So we're, we tried to bring our presentation that we normally do just kind of in a virtual manner. So we found actually even more success in this virtual training and the topic of of healthcare and and self-care and professional development and all of these things. It's been, I'd say we're almost busier than we were when we were just doing um, live events. So yeah, that's great. How, um, what strategies can people take to manage their stress right now? Yeah, great question. Well, I think back to kind of the the topic of today is just how we can use mindfulness and mm-hmm. pay attention a little bit more when everything around us is out of control. What can exactly. we do? We, we know that we're going to have stress. I mean, mm-hmm. stress is 
we know it. There's financial stress, there's you know, emotional stress, there's relationship stress, all of those different things. But sometimes stress is how we perceive it. And sometimes stress is, is not even there. The stressors that we kind of imagine or we think about, it's just something that we think may happen in the future. So I, I think first and foremost is trying to control what we truly can. You know, everything around us is out of the norm, but what can we control? Well, we can control the present moment. So when you think about mindfulness, it's just having awareness on the present moment because that's really the moment that only that anything ever happens. So I think when people are having anxiety right now, or maybe they're, they're struggling with depression, when we really talk about this to groups, you know, we, we love to kind of walk people through this and say, anxiety is fear of the future. It lives in the future. Depression lives in the past. It's Mm. stress from the past. So let's just start to focus on the present moment. And, and we can do that by simply having a high level of energy in the moment. And we have better energy when we're taking care of ourselves. So maybe we, we feel like, okay, I'm, I feel anxiety. I feel stressed. There's a lot of things out of that I can't control. Why don't I start with taking a few deep breaths? How am I breathing right now? Am I clenching my teeth when I'm working? Am I clenching my fists? Um, are my feet flat on the ground? Do I have good posture? Am I able to breathe more with my belly than with my chest, which causes a lot of stress? So simple things like that. But I think it really just starts with that mindfulness mindset of just trying to bring yourself back into the moment. Oh, that's really helpful. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate uh, understanding how to, particularly working from home, how to become more present in the moment. But quick question uh, related to that, actually. How are you seeing uh, new technology, not new technology, but technologies such as Zoom, um, Microsoft Teams, these virtual technologies, how do you see that impacting mindfulness? You know, I think like you mentioned and we talked about in the beginning is, you know, we miss the socialization with other people. You know, we're, we're social beings. We need to figure out a way to socialize, even if we can't do it in person. So I think there's a lot of benefits to this. I think a lot of people are able to take their message to a whole, you know, broader scale or a bigger, bigger audience. And that's what we've been finding is we can't always touch people on a face-to-face, you know, interaction all the time. Sometimes there's, there's budget issues or people can't bring all of their employees to one location or whatever it is. So this allows us to reach people in a whole different way and help them to manage their health and manage their stress from wherever they are. So I think there's a lot of benefits. I think it needs to be used the right way. I think people are spending less time on you know, like social media and looking at feeds and looking at what other people are doing. And they're actually using social media or these technologies to, to kind of broaden their message and not just being busy with the time. They're really making use of, of, you know, the limited time or the limited resources that they have. So I think we can all pivot. I think there's some good out of it. Um, I also think that, people will be very desperate for, you know, like real face-to-face interaction when this is over, but I don't think the technology will go away. And in our, in our situation and with our company, this has only helped us to have just a whole nother platform, you know, of getting our message out there. Mm -hmm. And we've learned a lot. 
How do you, what recommendations actually would you have for a leader who needs to transfer um, or transition their team into re-entry uh, in the workplace? So we know they eventually are, will be back to business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that things will be very different. There'll be a new day, there'll be new protocols in place, which to your point can cause some anxiety. Uh, so as we look towards that tomorrow, what suggestions would you have for a leader working with, um, with teams? Yeah, I think if, if we can get back to some sort of routine helping their people to have some sort of routine when they get back and, and making it important to focus on taking care of themselves first and foremost, because I think a lot of organizations, you know, they're, they're people with a purpose. The people are their number one asset. So how can they take care of their people in a way that allows them to perform at their highest level? And it really does start with their health. They have to feel good physically and mentally. So I would say, you know, if if a leader can, number one, be a role model maybe in this field and also help their people to have some consistency and routine Um, of going back to work. Maybe it's more of a transition. Maybe they're starting to do, you know, half days, or maybe they're doing one day a week at um, the office and one or one day a week at home, and then kind of transitioning to be more in, you know, in the office with, with employees, but maybe it's kind of like a a slow transition into that kind of busy world. Um, But first focusing on just taking care of themselves. And I think that starts with them being role models and saying, you know, we know that you're important and we value your work and we want to do anything we can to, you know, help you feel safe in this, this place. Mm. Do you know of any organizations or if you, do you feel free sharing um, an organizational story and a group that's doing it well? Yeah. Um, I mentioned the financial industry. We do a lot with them. Um, we work with a lot of financial advisors because their jobs are so stressful. Um, but I think what the, that industry focuses on is investing in their people. You know, they help people invest in their future and their finances, but they really take a kind of stand on, you know, health is wealth. And so mm-hmm. let's invest in our future. Let's invest in the present moment in the now. Um, so we work a lot with like Merrill Lynch and Morgan Stanley, and they do a really good job of spreading this message company wide. So the advisors, usually what happens is we start to train the advisors on how to take better care of themselves and manage their stress. And then the advisors then will train their clients and would they know that the longer their clients live, the, the more right. money they will make. Everyone will, it's a win-win for everyone. And then the right. clients share it with their families. And then there's a relationship there. And then the client's families will eventually, whether it's their next generation, maybe their kids are joining on with this financial company. So it's just kind of a trickle effect. And I think health in general just is a great way to connect Um, but we see it in the financial industry where, you know, when they start to invest in their people, then their people can perform better and they also will stay longer with that particular uh, firm. Oh, great. So you talk about health, clearly associated with health is eating properly. Can you give us some tips on that? (laughs) Particularly now that we're all sheltered in place. 
Yeah. So, and, and kind of our on target living, you know, we, we focus on the rest, eat, move, but as a dietitian, one of my favorite things to talk about is food, of course. And I think I'm finding right now that, you know, eating and food, it's the number one way to make this whole quarantine thing fun. I mean, we, we go to the grocery stores and junk food is sold out. Mm. And, um, I just was reading that bread is like the number two, most Googled, uh, bread recipes, most Googled search term right behind COVID-19. So people Mm. are cooking more meals at home. They're making food an experience because that's really what kind of connects us all together. Um, but I think food is really powerful because we know that food is fuel number one, and it plays a huge role in how well we perform. And so when we think about, you know, mindfulness and having a high level of energy in the present moment, we know that eating is, is number one thing. And a lot of people will tell me, well, you know, I know you're a dietitian and you're talking about eating healthy, but you know, I don't like eating healthy. It's boring. It's bland. I don't think anyone out there doesn't want to feel their best. Right. But I think sometimes when people think about eating healthy, they feel like they have to give something up. And you don't have to, it's just about making everything better and thinking about, you know, none of us get pleasure when we overdo or eat junk food. We may get instant gratification, but not long-term pleasure. So when when we think about guilt, it comes when we overdo, none of us want to, you know, eat in a way that brings us guilt. Um, So if we can just kind of make everything better and plan ahead for special occasions where maybe we do indulge, it's just kind of changing that mindset around eating. Oh, that's great to hear. Um, So what are some of the superfoods out there that we should be consuming on a daily basis? (laughs) Yeah. And I'd love to share, we have, um, so our on target living name comes from this uh, food guide we call the food target. And we developed it years ago just because we knew that people were very confused with food and the quality of food. Everyone's so focused on calories, but calories aren't created equal. So I'd be happy to share this food target. Basically, um, as you get closer to the center of the target, that's where all the superfoods and the healthy foods live. So you can think of superfoods as, I always say, foods closest to the source. So in their natural state, fruits, vegetables, even really good quality grains like ancient grains, quinoa, farro, um, rolled oats. Um, A lot of people think that they need to restrict all of their grains to lose weight, but we can't truly be our healthiest self when we're restricting a macronutrient. So when you think about grains, grains actually boost serotonin. They make us feel happy. They make us feel satisfied and they also stimulate melatonin which is our sleep hormone. So what we find is many people that start to restrict these things, then they struggle with sleep and performance and happiness and they don't feel satisfied. So back to superfoods, basically fruits, vegetables, ancient grains, healthy fats, um, olive oil, cod liver oil. Um, We talk a lot about cod liver oil and um, coconut oil and just healthier oils. Avocado oil is a really nice oil to use in cooking, um, lean meat. So think about anything that's one ingredient and really been unprocessed. So a lot Mm. of people will talk about turmeric and it's a superfood and it's magical and it is, it's full of benefits, but there's not one food that will, you know, cure everything. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of having more balance. Right. So what advice would you have for someone who is during this quarantine um, is suffering from depression? 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's sometimes, especially in, in this situation, we're not, because we're out of kind of our normal routine and, and things are stressful right now. Sometimes it's just a phase. We may, we may have to acknowledge, you know what, we're just down and things are going to get better. You know, we need to have some hope around everything that's going on because that's really going to be the number one way to get us through. I think when it comes to depression and just mental health issues in general, what I find is if we can change our mindset or just a simple shift in mindset, that will really help us to get rid of some of those negative thoughts that can go in a spiral and spiral and, and cause us to be depressed. Um, the number one thing I think that helps to wash the brain and make us feel happy is movement. I think if we can move our body every day, it doesn't have to be exercise or super, super intense workouts. It's just moving our body because when we move our body, we can still our mind. And even things like I'm, I'm a big um, advocate of yoga. And the reason I love yoga so much is it focuses so much on balance. And if you were just to stand on one leg, you wouldn't be thinking about anything else. All you would be thinking about is how is my balance? I don't want to fall. You know, how long can I hold this? I mean, it's, it's remarkable what movement can do for your brain. A lot of people think about exercise to lose weight. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you don't exercise to lose weight. You exercise to feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think if people can get moving, if they're struggling with depression or just any mental health kind of issues right now, just acknowledge that, you know, this time will pass, but let's see what we can do from a, a self-care standpoint. If we're not moving our body and if we're not taking care of ourselves, we have no chance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mentioned eating foods that naturally boost serotonin, like ancient grains, potatoes, sweet potatoes, all those things are amazing. Healthy fats are really great for mm -hmm. brain health and making us feel uh, satisfied. But I'd say movement is, is number one. So as we draw to a close, what are three key points you'd like for our audience to take away from our, our talk today? Yeah, so I think just figuring out what you actually have control over. We have control over the present moment. And, and you know, you can define mindfulness as a number of ways, but basically it's just more awareness on the present moment. So how are you feeling in the present moment? Are you tired? Well, ask yourself, have you drank any water? You know, have you ate the right foods? Have you moved your body? Um, you know, are you having pain while you're sitting down? So a lot of people are struggling with low back pain. They're sitting a lot more. Well, let's get up. Let's move. Let's use the foam roller. So just bringing your kind of that mindset shift to the present moment a little bit more. And that really starts with, with taking care of yourself, taking time to rest and eat and move so that you have more energy in the moment. And then you can pivot and you can handle some of these, these situations in a more you know efficient way. So bringing yourself back to that. Now, if people are saying, well, my mind's racing all the time. I have a hard time being in the present moment. Number one way to get yourself back in the present moment is with the breath because we only breathe in, in the present. So when I was talking about breathing with the belly versus the chest, you're thinking about inhaling through the nose, letting the belly fill with air, exhaling through the nose, letting the belly fall. So you're focusing on that breath and maybe it's just 30 seconds. Great way to bring yourself back into the moment. 
and just paying attention a little bit more to how you are eating, what you're putting in your body. Are you taking time to, to work out? I know right now, the only thing I can really control is, is my lifestyle and my habits and my routine. And I have a 15 month old at home and I'm trying to work while I'm, I'm watching him. Cause obviously his daycare is closed and sometimes it's, it's nearly impossible. But if I can start my day to have a successful day and I really start my day with some sort of movement, I take him on a run with me. I put on a 15 minute YouTube clip of, of something just to kind of shift my mindset, start new. Um, I find that's the number one way to handle him. And then also just my situation and my workload as well. Oh, wonderful. This is, this has been so insightful. It's very timely. We know that there is, there's so much confronting us these days and to take a moment to be silent, to practice meditation, to be mindful is very important now than ever before. We need that balance when life is out of control, right? So we appreciate your time today. And this is the first podcast in a two-part series. So we will have a conversation soon regarding uh, immune-boosting tips for staying healthy and safe. So that'll be our podcast number two. We look forward to that. Uh, So thank you, Kristen. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the insights you've brought to our listeners today. Until next time, be well. Thank you. Thank you.